Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSP Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Have you ever been on the receiving end of a tough conversation? What about when you are the leader and you actually have to have that talk? It's never easy, even when it's necessary. We're going to talk about leadership and why it's so important to lead with empathy. You're going to hear from this episode that better can indeed be better. You cannot expect the best from your people. You can't expect the best from your teams if you yourself don't give them your very best. In this episode, my twin and I are going to talk about a specific example of how someone took the easy way out and they didn't give their best to the people they're meant to lead and serve. This is Danny. I will have to tell you that this story is far too common and not often heard about unless it's from a very large corporation. And the example, I mean, right, especially during the holiday season, this example is from better.com, which is founded back in 2016 it's a digital home ownership company where services include mortgages, real estate, title, homeowners insurance. And just a year ago, they were valued at $4 billion. And now we found out back on the 1st of December, the company received an infusion of cash of $750 million. $750 million. And they're saying that the valuation went from $4 billion to almost $7 billion. So you see this organization a lot of investors are push, putting in cash flow. And you're seeing, even through this last year and a half during pandemic, that the labor market, if you look at the labor market reports, I mean, there, there, there are more jobs than people are qualified for at this moment. Companies are doing well if you're not in certain types of industries, right? I know where I live and I know where my brother lives that the real estate market is doing well. People are moving in. So what would cause a CEO to do what he just did? Here's some of the words that were uttered by Vishal Garg, the CEO of Better.com. And this was done over a Zoom call. He said to 900 employees, if you're on this call, you're a part of the unlucky group that is being laid off. So just imagine for a moment how those employees showed up for their meeting. Perhaps they were thinking this is just another meeting. Uh, maybe the CEO is going to give them a charge. Let's end the year. Let's close out the year strong, guys. I know you're working through the holidays. Let's get these applications through so people can get into their houses in January. Let's work hard. And so these individuals are being let go. And so they were not being invited to a regular Zoom meeting. They weren't being, hey, here's our fiscal year update from the company. Here's our charge for new year. This essentially was a pink slip. And it was done behind a call. 
So I, I think David, I wanna really talk about today, not just this example, but really at the end of the day, an example as a leader, what are, how are you supposed to lead? Where's your empathy? And I wanna also talk about during this process, the culture of that, of that, of that company, how he hired certain executives and laid out a policy of intimidation and bullying all because you're a internet SaaS media darling. You think you can do whatever you wanna do. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that. And then how does that apply to you as well? As you're a leader of your own home, you're a leader of your own business, leader of your own group, a leader of your own mind. How does it also apply to you? I appreciate what you said. And the challenge is to really peel away the layers that has been going on there at better.com. We know that this is not an isolated incident. Unfortunately, this happens at many organizations and it needs to be addressed more often. If you're listening to our program and you have not yet subscribed, please press the pause button right now. Go subscribe to the program and then come back and join our conversation. We really do appreciate and welcome your support. Dan, I can only imagine that many of these employees felt as if their world was crashing. What's really difficult about all this is that they had to go home or they had to tell their loved ones what happened. And the timing couldn't be any worse. It is the holidays after all. What happened in that three minute Zoom meeting was to me a situation where a leader had little to no regard for how that message would affect those 900 lives and how it would affect their loved ones and their families. I personally don't think he cared. That video has since made headlines all across the country. It resulted in the CEO Vishal Garg taking an indefinite leave of absence. At least that's what the letter from the board of directors says. But here's what he stated. I realized that the way I communicated the news made a difficult situation worse. When I read this, Dan, I, I didn't sense someone who really cared, someone who really thought about his actions. To me, this was saying something that needed to be said because guess what? You're gonna lose more money. You're gonna lose more employees. We gotta to try to stop this avalanche that's started already. But a statement like that doesn't do enough, does it? This wasn't a pep talk or a year in review or even a, a vision from the leader of the company about what's gonna take place next year. He brought these 900 people into this meeting to essentially give them the pink slip. He informed them that they were gonna be let go and that the HR was gonna send them a letter yeah, she had the nerve to say that this was the second time he ever had to do this and, and he cried because it was so hard. Mm, I didn't sense that. I didn't feel that. You could feel when someone cares for you. And it's so unfortunate that he communicated this message in the way that he did. I, I left hearing about this to do more research and I wanted to learn more about this guy. I wanted to learn more about the way he led and, 
And I'm going to tell you what's bizarre are the stories that I read about him. And what's so alarming is that this was an incredibly toxic organization. And it shouldn't be surprising. But you're going to hear stories when you go and do your own research. You're going to hear about the stories of how he communicated and treated his stakeholders, both externally and internally. He didn't just come across as someone who didn't care. He came across as someone who cared only about his pockets. Did he take home bonuses every year? Pretty sure he did. He came across as someone who only cared about himself. And leaders or people with titles that lead this way never really truly inspire others. What they see is greed. What they see is a lack of empathy. What they see is a lack of of care truly for their people and for their benefit, their growth. Simply, the CEO was out of touch. He didn't have a clue as to how people were going to respond after this. He had no understanding to the type of challenges that they might be facing or even the emotional trauma. Yes, there is such thing as emotional abuse. And there is such a thing as not really understanding the impact of mental health. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Live Love Thanks. Live Love Thanks helps purpose-driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit LiveLoveThanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women's. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. This is why it's difficult for people to trust leadership. When we think about the CEOs of pharmaceutical companies, CEOs of healthcare companies, making millions of dollars in bonuses, CEOs of banks, making millions of dollars in bonuses, 
and you look at their employees and how they're treated, we just have to shake our heads, right? Yep. That it's so easy to, as a leader, to say, look at my evaluation of my company, right? I laid off 10% of my workforce. So let's say you, you have 9,000 employees or, and you lay off 10%, that's 900 employees. So you take 900 employees and you multiply by $100,000 a year each or $50,000 a year each. All of a sudden you can say, wow, look at the, look at the cash flow that my company has. True. Look at the profitability my company has this month. And then of course, maybe three, six months later, you start hiring them all back slowly again as your company starts going up. It's just playing with the numbers. You're, you as an employee, you are a number. That's exactly what you are. There's no empathy in that. You're just a number. And I will tell you this at this moment, as all people, you must take care of you. You must work for a company that values you. At the moment you feel like you're not growing, you need to try to, you need to ask yourself, why am I still here? So many times we go with the flow of the, of the motion, the flow of the time. And this is why, even though we're talking about leadership styles, you got to look at yourself as a leader as well. You are the leader of you. You have to ask yourself, is this company culture abusive? Is this company culture educating me? I mean, think about it. 900 employees all receive the same compensation, 30 days of benefits, 30 days salary, that's it. I mean, it doesn't matter if you started the week before you got fired or you've been with the company since the very beginning in 2016. Everybody got the same, the, the same benefits, if you think about it that way. This develops trust issues. What about the employees already there? What about the investors? We've been reading stories now, investors are pulling out. I mean, this is, a, this is an example of a leader not valuing the people that he has, not treating people the right way, treating them as stepping stones to accomplish his own personal goals. This is very selfish. At least you could have said, hey, look, we'll give you a month's salary, a month's free education, a month's free training, a month's free certifications. Uh, we'll give you a month's job placement, resume writing, something. Something to where people feel that, you know what, this guy might have been this or that, but he's going to help us out, right? You get $750 million in cash infused into your business back on the 1st of December. And now you're letting people go because of what, the economy? Something doesn't seem right. So as an employee, I can understand they, they were left shocked. And as a CEO, nobody respects a CEO or leader if they hide behind a desk, yep. get your hands dirty to say, oh, if you don't hear from HR, won't you send them an email directly? Danny, I'm shocked. The truth is I should not be shocked. As I stated earlier, we know that this happens more frequently than we often hear about in the news. This just happens to be a large organization. And so it's likely to be in the news. But what about those smaller firms? What about those organizations with this type of leadership, with this type of culture? I'm gonna give you a little word of advice. If you're out here in this market, you're looking for a new gig, you're looking for a new company, a new place to take your talents to, as they say in the sports world, do your homework first. Learn as much as you can about that company about its leadership, about the organizational culture. 
see if you can get a sense of what the character of the leadership is like. Learn if they tend to promote within. Learn if they seem to be an organization that welcomes ideas. I want you to align yourself with the right organization. Align yourself with the best fit for you, where you believe you can thrive, where you can grow, because where you plant yourself, you want to grow. And I want you to stay away from anything that can be toxic, anything that can steal your peace. Truth is, we've all been there. If you've been in the workforce for any amount of time, you probably had a boss that was awesome, and you've also probably had a boss that was terrible, a boss that was, quite frankly, a jerk. This isn't the type of boss you want to go into battle with. This isn't the type of boss you lay everything on the line. It's difficult to show up mentally and even physically. It can affect your health. It can affect your family. I remember I had a boss who was so verbally abusive. I literally had to tune him out whenever he spoke. And yes, I gave that blank stare and I nodded, but I didn't even know anything he was saying. I almost checked myself out the moment I walked in that door, every single time I had to go to that office. When I got hired, I negotiated working remotely I negotiated a lot of different things, but I did not know what I was getting into. As a matter of fact, on the day of my interview, this guy seemed like the nicest guy in the world. He apparently looked at my resume. He complimented me on my successes and hired me right there on the spot. I thought I was prepared. I thought I did research. I spoke to different people that worked uh, with this guy in the past, and they weren't all saying the same thing, but there were a few of them that thought, hey, could be a great opportunity. They're looking for someone to come and lead the sales department, sales division. Dave, maybe you could do that. You could become the VP of sales. I mean, all this stuff was coming out, but I thought to myself, something seemed odd. Yes, I was confident enough to get a job right there on the spot, but something seemed odd. It didn't seem to line up. And I'll tell you this, for the next year and a half, it was like a nightmare. The days I had to go into office was like a nightmare. The calls we had to have I dreaded them, and I hated it. There were times I would speak up, felt like deaf ears. I called for a meeting with him and the CFO. We got together. We had a conversation. It just seemed to fall flat. Eventually, we had a meeting with one of the cities here in Maryland and with a pretty high official and after that meeting, we had a conversation. And I just had a little no, I was going to be leaving. I had another gig somewhere else and paid better, closer to my house, better situation for me. And I knew I couldn't stay. I just couldn't stay. And what's sad about this is that I wasn't the only one affected by it. And other people in my office were affected by it to the point where the board eventually demoted him. He got demoted. And then he eventually got let go. When the dollar is being affected, the powers that be will eventually step in and say, enough's enough. You got to get it done. Pockets got affected. He had to get let go. So I share all this to say that even though I was responsible for 33% of the business, it didn't matter how much money I was going to make, what kind of bonuses I was going to get. 
I, I couldn't be in a situation where I felt like I was going to face this abuse, this type of treatment, this lack of empathy. And I tried. And for those of you that know me, I, I, I tend to be a very optimistic person. I, I tend to look at people and look at and see the best in them. And I want to see that I can help make a difference in the overall picture of the organization. But when it gets to the point where I know at the end of the day, I'm not coming home and being my best for my family, or I'm not able to be my best for my friends and for the people that I need to show up for, then I knew at that time I had to stop. I had to stop what I was doing. It, this was not going to get any better. And I'm going to tell you what I share with other companies. Dan, let me tell you what I share with other companies. When I'm talking to leaders, I often will start with not addressing well, my people this, my people that, and, and this is the reason why we're not as profitable. This is the reason why we're not as, they're not as productive. I'll start with them, the people at the top, and I'll ask them some very straightforward questions. And if I can't get them to be very honest and open with me, then I won't work with them. But I often will say, are you willing to think, are you willing to accept that you might be the catalyst for incredible growth and you might be the reason why they're not as productive. And if they can't say yes, then I don't want to work with them. Why? Because the truth of the matter is the turnover that's there, the lack of productivity, the lack of uh, profitability is probably due to them. High turnover, lack of productivity starts with people at the top oftentimes and how they treat the people under their care. People want to feel believed in. People want to feel valued. And this is why the CEO of Better.com, Vishal Garg, may be more challenging than you might think. There are reports that he mismanaged funds. There are reports of abuses from members of his own C-suite and, and perhaps on how they treated those under their own responsibility within their own department. I had heard that there was a member he brought into his own top level, senior level C-suite group in a position that she had never even performed in the past. And she was hired for a function she had never performed in. Even though she supposedly took a crash course and tried to learn as much as she could, she really didn't lead with great knowledge. She didn't really lead with a sense of empathy. She didn't lead with, with an understanding and a willingness to embrace other ideas. And you might say, did she carry out his will? Did she carry out what he didn't want to be portrayed as some, some guy that didn't have any type of uh, sense of reality? Well, that's what happened with her. And she was let go. Or maybe she had a compensation package. It was a mutual separation. But the point is she's not there anymore. So I have to ask, did he really have the full support of his board before he did this? Did he have the support of anybody else in the C-suite? Or maybe he had them all. Maybe they all said yes. But what's clear is that he didn't have enough voices to challenge him. He didn't have enough voices to say, this is not the way to treat people. Dan, what do you think? David, I think uh, that his culture, that the culture that he led, as you said, talked about hiring an executive to be the bully and I don't think any of his senior leadership team actually disagreed with him. They're, they're like you said, yes, men, right? As, you're, as we, we talk about. And I believe that people could have talked common sense to him, but they didn't want to, in fear of mm -hmm. them being let go. 
So this is tough. When I hear about the CEO of better.com, Michelle Gard, my, my thoughts, as you said, is who did the, who gave the buy-in? Who gave the sign-off? Notice when he laid the people off, he didn't specifically name the executive name at HR to speak with. He didn't say that you'll receive a letter from uh, the head of communications, this person's name, none of that. So I don't believe that he had to consult with anybody. I believe when he decided to do this, it was purely for the profitability of the company and none of the senior leadership team will say no to him. Yeah. Um, look, I've led very senior, senior leadership roles. I understand the wisdom of involving your team and, and seeking their input before laying people off. I was, in fact, I was brought on board because we acquired another company out of Europe. And my job was to travel, meet with everybody on the team to determine who's going to stay and who's going to leave so that we can hit 200% return of investment in 12 months. So I, I know exactly the pressure of what it means to, I don't know these individuals. I, I've never met them before, but I have 30 days to determine who gets to stay at the company, who has to leave. And it's tough because you're dealing with money. And if you ask anybody that's been part of an acquisition, anybody, after a while, you're going to have two people doing the same job, two sets of people doing the same job. Can one more manager take on 15 employees or 20 employees in his or her organization? You do that and you stripe across the board. Now you just laid off a layer of middle management. So there's many ways to, to do what has to be done, unfortunately. But you got to remember, when you go through this whole process, you have to have empathy. I don't care if he, he's the strongest personality in the world. When, you're, when people's lives are at stake, their livelihood at stake, you can't have a yes man. You, you have to tell the truth and stand up for it. You have to. You know, I was in the military and they would tell you uh, the drill sergeants, the leaders would yell at you all day long. And you're just like, why are these guys yelling at me? But never once did, you, did, did I say, I won't go to war with this person. Mm. Never once did I say that I don't trust this person. All the yelling was to make sure I was sharp I was ready to live because sometimes when people are dealing with guns and ammo, specifically on the, on the gun range, you got to yell at the people. Hey, put that gun down. Make sure it's all safe. What? What, what are you talking? Why are you yelling? I don't, it's, we, you don't have time to be politically correct. You got to snap people out of it. But the corporate culture, I mean, if, if a person won't run through the wall for the CEO, I don't know if you want to be part of that organization. There's a company in Seattle where the company made everybody have a specific minimum, minimum salary for the year. And people are like, man, you're crazy. It's pandemic. What are you doing? But his company kept going up and up and up. And I think that your people, your leader, have to believe in you. They have to be willing to go through a wall for you. They have to. And if they don't have that same mentality to do that for you, then it's a leadership issue, not a people issue. Danny. While I was not in the service, I'm grateful for you, our father, our brother, and countless veterans who have served our country and have helped to protect our freedoms. You all understand that service 
is about dedication and commitment. And it's about the lives that you're there to protect. Well, in the corporate setting, it's also about lives. And it's about service. It's about commitment. But as you mentioned, we can't have yes people around us. We can't expect to have people who only agree with us, tell us what we want to hear, that we're going to really be objective, that we're really going to be able to give our very best to people that we're serving, people that we're leading, people that we're hoping that will will live inspired, that they will work inspired. The truth is, we've got to have an environment where people can feel safe to say what they need to say, even if it's against what your position is. And it's got to be without this thought of, if I say something, I'm going to be fired or my job's on the line. When this happens, you allow for more perspectives. You allow from different angles and different possibilities. This helps you to be a better leader because you can make more of a wise decision and better decision that can impact the overall health and viability of your company. So start with the wider, the broader, the overall picture. And then I want you to zoom in, no pun intended. Get deeper and understand what needs to be done to grow your organization. The best way to impact your people is to start with listening. The best way to impact your company is to start with understanding. And when you add those together, boom, your company's gonna grow. So what does this mean? It means it's not selective. You're not selective in your hearing. It means that as a leader, you have to actually ask, am I open to someone else's point of view? Am I willing to put what I want down? Am I willing to be wrong? Am I willing to accept that I might be the reason why the company could be struggling? I might be the reason why it's not as productive. That better 2.0 needs to start with me. I'm the one that needs to change. I'm the one that needs to invest in coaching. I'm the one that needs to invest in leadership training. I'm the one that needs to invest in understanding how to change my mindset. If you're willing to do this, that's where the 2.0 comes in first. Because as you go, then the group, the people will follow. If you look at what has happened since this mass firing, I believe that now the HR director and the director of communications have both left. They both resigned. And to me, this was a clearer picture of an organization without checks and balances. This is why it's important to lead with empathy. Because when you lead that way, others will follow but more important, they're going to have your back and they're going to learn to lead with that same type of conviction, that same type of passion, that same type of care. It, it is an interesting time. When we um, think about this one saying, my mom, used to, our, our mother used to tell us all the time that, you know, somebody may strike you and, and you know what? Your body will heal. But somebody verbally strikes you it affects you the rest of your life and so we have to remember that verbally the way he and some of the executives in his company treated their employees it really affected their morale it affected who they are as a person it may even affected their self-esteem 
being let go, that's just one aspect. That's like the nail on the head right there. Now they have to try to pick themselves up after being beat down for so long because they felt like they needed the job to pay their bills, to pay their mortgage, whatever the reason would be. It must've been very difficult on them. And then to have the CEO fire the people over Zoom, his thought process is that he wanted to create a leaner, meaner, hungrier workforce. And he said he saw this as a better 2.0 necessary reboot, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that, to want to get leaner, meaner. But it still doesn't mean you, you don't have any heart. Yeah. You know, later on, the CEO guard issued an apology. Well, I, I don't know if you can call it an apology, right? <laughs> right. Um, but he issued a, a, a sort of apology when a lot of his company executives started resigning including the head of communication and the head of marketing. Here's what Vishal Gard had to share. He said, I want to apologize for the way I handled the layoffs last week. I failed to show the appropriate amount of respect and appreciation for the individuals who are affected and for their contributions to better.com. So you think about the fact that, yes, these individuals, the 900 individuals you laid off, you need to treat them with respect. It's okay to be let go if you treat a person with respect. Help them to understand what's really happening. But to say that we're struggling as a company or the Times is calling it, when you, got, when you just received $750 million in cash, influx of cash, I, don't, I didn't understand that. That's not treating people with respect at all. So I hope that you as an individual leader treat yourself with respect first. Treat your family members and your friends with respect and treat your peers and your employees with respect. Because when the tough time comes and you have to make a tough decision, if people know that you respect them and you treated them honestly and fairly, it's not an easy pill to swallow, but it's a lot easier to process because they respect you in return. David? I agree, Dan. I think what's really interesting about this whole story is that we hear of toxic cultures, we hear of poor management, poor leadership, but here what's sad about the story is that you don't really hear about true resolution. What you hear, what you hear, Dan, is this. He's taking a leave of absence. Well, what does that mean? Until the storm is over? Until things are quiet? Until we're not in the news anymore? Then I'm coming back on the scene? Or is this leave of absence really an opportunity to infuse new training, new teaching for the company to shift their culture? Because we know they brought in a PR firm, but is this really going to change anything? The CEO garg is out, but here's the email, Dan. And then I want to read this because I want to read this from the board of directors, the email that I think will give you a clue as to what's really happening and I don't know if it's enough, okay? This is the email that was sent to the employees of the board, Dan, and it said something like this. It says, good morning. Vishal and the board wanted to provide better employees an update given the very regrettable events over the last week. Vishal will be taking time off effectively immediately, or effective immediately. During this interim period, Kevin Ryan, as the CFO, will be managing the day-to-day -day decisions of the company and he will be reporting to the board. As well, the board has engaged an independent third-party firm to do a leadership and cultural assessment. 
the recommendation of this assessment will be taking into account to build a long-term sustainable and positive culture at Better. We have much work to do, and we hope that everyone can refocus on our customers, support each other to continue to build a great company and a company that we can be proud of, Better Board of Directors. Dan, that sounds kind of fishy to me. It doesn't sound like enough. I, I know we got to put Band-Aids on. I know we got to say something, but how far are we really to go? This guy cost 900 people their jobs, plus people that were leaving afterwards, plus the fact that they could be losing clients. I mean, who's going to trust this firm going forward? Who's going to say, I'm going to give you my money? I don't care if you're refinancing my mortgage. I don't care if you're trying to get me in, in the real estate and other properties. I don't care if you're looking for investors. Who wants to trust that if this guy is still at the helm? His culture was toxic and his history did not show that this guy could change. Now, anybody can change. Don't get me wrong. I believe that, Dan. Anybody can change. But you can't think bringing in a third party to give you some sense of a report when everybody that's been around that firm knows what's going on is not going to be pleasant or enough. I don't think you could put a bandaid on this wound. You've got to clean it out. And sometimes clean out, you got to dig deep. you got to go so far deep that you get out all that filthy gunk. And that might mean not only removing the CEO, which I don't think he should come back in this situation, but it might mean removing other key leadership personnel because they didn't have the guts or they didn't have enough of the conviction to be able to say no to some of this and not lead themselves. Because I believe, Dan, if they knew this guy was this way and they decided to take jobs elsewhere and more and more started leaving, you start going, wait a second, something's not right. Your entire C-suite has been shifted and turned over twice. Then I think the people would have gotten the message, this is the wrong guy for the job. The board, yeah, I totally agree with you. don't you think, Dan, the board needs to do more? That's why the board is there. That's why they're being paid, right? Uh, this is not the same thing as a nonprofit board <laughs> when you're not being compensated. When you're being paid, uh, your value of your opinion matters. So I understood the need to put out the fire, but the CFO, who is the right hand, of the CEO who sees the culture, who sees the, the, the way the CEO leads every day, not sure how that's changed things. If a, if the, if a board member came in and took over the day-to-day -day operations herself or himself, and, and the CEO took time off, the time immediately departed the company, then I can say, yes, that makes sense. A board member's coming on board, taking over the day-to-day -day activities, a third-party company coming in to look at the leadership style, to, to look at the culture of the company, to make sure we do it right. That would make sense. But not to take out one figurehead and the second figurehead who was compliant through the whole process. How's, I don't understand how that makes things better. I just don't get it. And when I hire somebody, and I know a lot of leaders, when they hire people, they say they always look for culture fit first. Yeah. And then experience second. I can always hire an individual and then train them for what they need to know. You don't need a college degree sometimes, right? But what you, sometimes what you need is experience, but sometimes you can't get experience unless someone gives you a chance. So mm -hmm. how do you give a person a chance? You got to ask yourself, can they fit in with the company culture? Can they fit in? And then for you as an employee, look for the clues, look at the clues. 
Look at the clues of the company. Like Dave said earlier, he, he was hired on the spot. Didn't even have time to look for the clues, right? So as an employee, you have to be able to look at the clues. This is, this is, a, this is what the CEO said. He says, and, and I want to apologize for saying things that are going to come across very, uh, just say, excuse my French, because it's not my words, it's his words. He said, you are too damn slow. You're a bunch of dumb dolphins. And dumb dolphins get caught up in the nets and they get eaten by sharks. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Right now, you are embarrassing me. This is what Gar. <laughs> I mean, he may be a visionary and may have the best drive in the world, great ideas. Um, he may have been founder of one of the most innovative mortgage companies in the history of real estate. However, is that a culture you want to be a part of? Is that the culture you want to be a part of? And, I, and there's so many organizations now, if you're going to look for a job, there's review sites that you can see where do people rank the CEO? You'll see CEOs rank 45%, 65%, 85%. That can give you some type of insight. But at the end mm -hmm. of the day, you have to consider the culture of that company yourself. And if you're the leader, it starts with you. It doesn't matter if you're not the CEO. If you're a leader of your team, you're a leader of your division, you're a leader of your group, it starts with you. How are you going to create the culture in your own team? We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E. W-I-C-Z.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a spectacular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. I agree, Dan. I think what's really sad about this, when you read that statement, <laughs> it tells me this is the way this guy was. And I have no problem with strong personalities. I, I really don't, Dan. I, I think it's awesome that you can have someone who's confident, you know, I teach that course on executive presence, but it's another thing when you have just a bully, someone who's just being a jerk, someone who's just being rude, someone who doesn't have any empathy, someone who doesn't care, and someone who forces, or at least tries to force you to be compliant to what he wants. And I think we've heard the stories of people in this country, people of comp top companies, people who've led this country, 
that you can see this type of uh, leadership or lack of true leadership. So here's what my, my, my instant thought to all this was, Dan, was leadership learn. And if we're calling our members to keep learning, our employees to keep learning so they can become better employees, so they can be better at their jobs and more productive, we should be learning. We should be learning how to lead better, how to lead differently, how to lead with conviction and passion, with empathy. We should learn how to be better listeners, not selective listening. We should learn how to be servant leaders, leading by example, leading with conviction and with heart, leading by understanding, not by the, this hard-handed or this, this sense of do as I say and and do it this way and do it my way. We got to learn to manage people differently. We got to learn to inspire people differently. And that's what I look at, Dan. And I understand that the board, better.com board, hired an outside firm. They probably hired a PR firm. They're giving them some steps. They probably hired a PR firm to help them with some aspects of their corporate culture. They probably have had talks about replacing the CEO, but we can't put a ribbon, like I said earlier. You can't put a ribbon. You can't put a Band-Aid. You can't just make this look better than what it is. You've got to deal with it. And I think about all the different companies. We've heard the stories of the Jacksonville Jaguars and letting Urban Meyer go. We've heard of stories of what Starbucks did to try to address this, this lack of really truly treating people with respect. We talk about what, what Under Armour Nike did. And there's all these different companies. And you got to ask yourself, what are we really willing to do? If you put a bandit on it, yeah, you might see some growth. But in the long run, you're building mistrust and your brand is getting tarnished and damaged. But if you dig out the wound and you really clean it out and you set up a true culture built around great corporate core values and then you hire the best talent, the company will eventually rebound and probably be better than it was before. But you cannot keep the same type of people in place and think it's going to get better. I hope for this guy's sake, he learns. I hope for the sake of these leaders at the company that they learn and that they really, truly treat people with respect. Now, Dan, I want to put this out there. I think what I read is that the the blank package that all these employees got, that they probably added another month is what I read. Instead of one month of service, I gave them two months. But it doesn't still go to the point of what they really need, right? They probably need more than that. And I can only imagine what happened to those families. So I do pray that and hope that they all land in a better situation and that they're able to use their talents to build where they are going forward. But we all got to learn from this. That's what we need to do. We got to be willing to receive input. We got to be willing to listen to other people. And if you're in that role as an influencer, speak, lead with conviction, lead with heart. And that's what your people probably need the best going forward. Don't you think, Dan? Definitely agree with you, David, on that. And I, I totally understand and I totally think that there's wisdom what you have to say. Do you remember the, um, there's a saying, the CEO and the CFO had a conversation, not at better.com, but this is, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little saying. And the CEO says to the CFO, what happens financially if we train all these employees and they leave to our company? And the CFO says, what happens if we don't? And they stay. And I bring that up because as a leader, it's so easy to be rewarded for the results. Yeah. So easy to be rewarded for the results, but not be rewarded for retention and development mm. of your best employees. Yeah. 
maybe the results would be there and even be better if you trained your employees rather than letting them go. Maybe. I, I just think that is like mind blowing to think the fact that, oh, we're going to be so much better. We just let people go, but don't train them. And this mm. is why when I meet leaders and CEOs and head of sales and head of marketing, and I say, have you done any training for your employees? Oh yeah, we did it during onboarding. No, I'm not talking about onboarding. Have you done any personal development training for your employees? They go to roadshows, they're representing your company at conferences, but they do not know how to speak. Mm. Why have you not invested in a public speaking course for your employees? Why have you not invested in a communication course for your employees? When they're out there in a conference and they open their mouth, they're representing you, but yet you won't put down a couple hundred bucks to invest in their training? I don't understand that. You know, this past week, Microsoft had the free certification week. How many IT services firms took advantage of that and allowed their employees to be trained? And I hear this from small MSPs as well. Well, well, if I train my employees, they get certified and they get better. They might leave me for a better job or go work for OEM directly or go work for Microsoft directly. I, I can't afford to pay them. I'm like, you can't afford for them to make a, a, a to screw up and make a mistake at your client site either. So pay for them to get trained. I don't understand this. Leaders that have strong personalities, as David said earlier, there's nothing wrong with it. But sometimes if you have a strong personality that is developed in a way yeah. of intimidation and fear, it will drown out the people around you who offers wise counsel. You want to hear from your IT team. You want to hear from your HR team. You want to hear from your sales team, your marketing team, your operations team, your field team. You want to hear from all of them so that you can make the best possible decision for your company grow, to have such a strong personality to drive with intimidation that you can't hear from them, mm. it's not awesome. You need to have checks and balances. Yeah. And in, in a relationship with your spouse, your kids, they may look to you as the leader, but as a leader, they need to know that you love them, that you care for them, and that their opinions matter. And when they feel heard, even if you make a decision that does is not what they wanted, they will respect you because someone has to make the tough decision, like where to go, where to live. Even when we moved from Seattle to Texas, before I started my own company, I had an opportunity to go work at Microsoft as a, as a, as a senior leader. And they said, show your wife this package and she will be excited to move back to Seattle. And my wife's like, I don't care how much money they give you. I want to go home. I want to be home with my family. And so it's like, look, you listen to the decision, you hear it. And I made the decision, okay, fine. We'll figure it out. And sometimes as a leader, you need to do that. So I want to encourage all leaders out there. Decisions are tough every single day. You have to make a profit for your company and your organization. But please lead with heart and empathy. Yeah. Not follow the example of this CEO at better.com when he decided to be heartless when he let people go. I want to challenge each and every one of you during this holiday season, during the end of the fiscal year, 
have a heart to heart talk with your employees. Let them know that you appreciate them. Let them know that their hard work inspires you to want to lead better. And as a CEO or a leader yourself, go get some training also. Everybody needs training. I don't know. I don't understand when a person becomes a CEO and they're like, I'm done with training. I figured it all out. No, you happen to be a genius who came up with a great idea that took off. You might need to go get personal skills, communication skills, training, whatever. Everybody can go get training. We're so grateful to be able to speak with our audience today, to speak with each of you today, to speak about what it means to look for the clues, look for the signs. We're so excited to tell you that you can never stop learning. In fact, as I was flying out to Seattle, I had my two audiobooks and my one physical book. Why? Because anytime I go anywhere, anytime I travel, my goal is to try to read one book a month and try to listen to three or four audiobooks a month, try to do some one-on-one coaching with my brother and other leaders, receive mentorship from Microsoft leadership teams, from managed service provider leaders, from my own mentor that I have. We are always about learning and growing and then asking the people around us, Continue to tell me your opinion so that I can have the best, just the best chance to make the best decision, no matter how difficult it may be. So on behalf of my identical twin brother, David, and I, we want to thank you so very much. Have a great holiday season. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.